Praise you, Jesus. I've been teaching on God gives in abundance. Um, that was number one. God covers and shadows his people. That was number two of last week. God is a refuge from storms. That was number three. He's a refuge from storms. And he keeps the saints. If you're a saint, he's keeping you. Hallelujah. Think of that. God is keeping you. We learned about that last week when we turned to John 17, 11, and I want to turn back there. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you that you'll help me get through this, this today. <laughs> so powerful. You are so powerful. And I'm going to go ahead. You can say, well, are we going to hear this every Sunday? You might. Till we get this so inside of us of what Jesus has done for us and, and how important we are to him. I don't know about you, but last Sunday's sermon was a life-changing sermon for me. We're going to go ahead and start with verse 1 again. When Jesus had spoken these things, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, hang on a minute. I'm going to go up to verse, into, into chapter 16. And we're going to start with 24. This is, this part, this is, one, two, this is for God keeps his saints. Chapter 16. Verse 22. So for this present, you are also in sorrow and distress and depressed, but I will see you again and then your hearts will rejoice and no one can take from you your joy, gladness, and delight. When that time comes, you will ask nothing of me. You will need to ask me no questions. I assure you most solemnly, I tell you that my Father will grant you whatever you ask in my name as presenting all that I am. Up to this time, you have not asked a single thing in my name as presenting all that I am. But now ask and keep on asking and you will receive so that your joy, gladness, delight may be full and complete. I have told you these things in parables, veiled language, allegories, dark sayings. The hour is now coming when I shall no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but I shall tell you about the Father in plain words and openly without reserve. At the time you will ask, pray in my name, and I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for it will be unnecessary. For the Father himself tenderly loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from the Father. Listen to how powerful that is. The Father loves you because you have loved Jesus. Those that are believers and have loved Jesus, the Father loves him, loves us, loves them because they've loved his Son. That's so powerful when you think about this. 
and have believed that I came out from the Father. I came out from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly to us and not in parables, veiled language and figures of speech. Now we know that you are acquainted with everything and have no need to be asked questions because of this we believe that you really came from God. Jesus answered them, verse 31. I'm in the Amplified of chapter 16 of John. Do you now believe? Do you believe it at last? But take notice. The hour is coming and has arrived when you will be dispersed and scattered, every man to his own home, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you have tribulation and trials and distresses and frustration. But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. 17. When Jesus had spoken these things, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify and exalt and honor and magnify your Son, so that your Son may, be, may glorify and exalt and honor and magnify you, just as you have granted him power and authority over all flesh, all mankind, now glorify him so that he may give eternal life to all whom you have given him. Verse 3. And this eternal life, it means to know, to perceive, to recognize, become acquainted with, and understand. You, the only true and real God, and likewise to know him, Jesus, as the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, whom you have sent. I have glorified you down here on the earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me along with yourself and restore me to such majesty and honor in your presence as I had with you before the world existed. Verse 6. I have manifested your name I have revealed your very self, your real self, to the people whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have obeyed and kept your word. You notice he talks about keeping his word, how important the word is. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, John 1.1. 1, 1. Now at last they know and understand, uh, verse 7, you have given me, that all you have given me belongs to you. It is really and truly yours. Verse 8, for the uttered words that you gave me, I have given them. And they have received and accepted them. And have come to know positively 
and in reality to believe in absolute assurance that I came forth from your presence and they had believed and are convinced that you did send me. I am praying for them. I am not praying, requesting for the world. Now, think about this. He's getting ready to cross over to Gethsemane. These are the, thing, the, these are the things that he tells them. He's talking to the Father. He's praying for them. He's asking the Father to do these things for him because of what he's about to do. He's about ready to pay the final sacrifice and come home to be with the Father. But he knew all sin had to be placed upon him. He knew he had to be beaten. He had to be bruised and beaten. He knew he had to have sin upon him and he knew he was going to spend three days in hell with the demons harassing him. And then he knew he was going to spoil principalities and powers and make a show openly over them, triumphing over them in it. Then he would take his blood to the Father for the sacrifice for us. Yet this is what he's talking to the Father about, even though he knows what's about to come upon him. So I want us to get ourselves and our, and our spirit and our soul in this, in this whole place where he was as we think about this. Instead of thinking about himself, the trials and the things that he was about to go through, he is caring about his disciples and every one of us as we're going to see. Where did I stop off, dear? Um, for, utter, for the utter words that you gave me, I have given them. And they received and accepted them and have come to know positively and in reality to believe with absolute assurance that I came forth from your presence and they have believed and, and, and are convinced that you did send me. I am praying for you. I am not praying requesting for you for the world. He's not requesting for the world, but he's requesting for them. But for for those you have given me, for they belong to you. All things that are mine are yours, and all things that are yours belong to me. And I am glorifying in through them. They have done me honor in them. My glory is achieved. And now I am no more, and now I am no more in the world, but these are still in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father, keeping your name in the knowledge of yourself, those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. This was so important to the Lord Jesus that we are one as he, was, he and the Father are one. This, we cannot understand this, but church, this is something that God wants us to understand in this time that we live in, this is very important in the times that we're coming into. We must be one. I'm talking about this church. I'm not, and the church in Oregon, I'm not responsible for the world. You understand? Did I stop off? I'm in 11. Okay, 12. 
While I was with them, I kept and preserved them in your name, in the knowledge and worship of you. Those you have given me, I guarded and protected, and not one of them has perished or is lost except the son of perdition, Judas Iscariot, the one who is now doomed to destruction, destined to be lost, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I am coming to you. I say these things while I am still in the world, so that, you, so that my joy may be made full and complete and perfect in them, that you may that they may experience my delight fulfilled in them and my enjoyment may be perfected in their own souls that they may have my gladness within them filling their hearts. I have given and delivered to them your word, message, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Do not belong to the world just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you will take them out of the world, but that you will keep and protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, worldly belonging to the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, purify, consecrate, separate them for yourself, make them holy. You need to underline that. Make them holy. You sent me into the world, I have also sent them in the world. And so for their sake and on their behalf, I sanctify, dedicate, consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified, dedicated, consecrated, and made holy in the truth. Neither for these alone do I pray. It is not for their sake only that I make this request but also for all those who will ever come to believe in, trust in, cling to, rely on me through their word and their teaching. He's talking about us here. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I am you, that they also may be one in us, so that the world may believe and be convinced that you have sent me, I have given to them the glory and honor which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, in order that they may become one and perfectly united in the world, may know and identify, and definitely, I'm sorry, recognize that you sent me and you have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have entrusted to me as your gift to me, may be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory, which you have given me, your love gift to me. You have loved me before the foundation of the world. O oh, just and righteous Father, all the world, although the world has not known you, and has failed to recognize you, and has never acknowledged you, I have known you continually, and these men understand and know that you have sent me. I have made your name known to them, and revealed your character, and your very self, and I will continue to make you known, that the love which you have bestowed upon me may be in them, felt in their hearts, and that I myself may be in them. 
verse chapter 18, having said these things, Jesus went out with his disciples beyond across the winter torrent of the Kidron in the ravine. There was a garden there which he and his disciples entered. Here Jesus says this and he walks over and sees the blood that was pouring, that was just running from all the animals that had been sacrificed, knowing that he was the final sacrifice. But the one request he had with, for the Father was take care of these. Not only these, but the ones that, I have, that you have given me, that will come to know me and accept me. Church, don't take this lightly. He said, I've come to make them holy. Don't take this lightly. So he promises to keep the saints. That was John 17, 11 on this. Turn to 2 Timothy 1, 12. Time is running short. There's much to do. This is not the time to slack off. This is the time to build yourself up, to draw closer to him. Pastor sings, sings a song around, around Resurrection Sunday. Do you still feel the nails every time I fail? Dear God, I want to do as he said here. He already paid the price. That's why we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Because he prayed this prayer. He, this is the one thing he asked the Father. Keep them. Let them, as I am in you and you are in me, let them be in us. And you be in them. There was such a plan here. And a prayer here. And a love here. 2 Timothy 1.12 If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny and disown and reject him, he will also disown and reject us. I'm in 2 Timothy. I'm sorry, 1.12. Well, we needed that one. I was in 2.12, sorry. And this, is why I'm, and this is why I am suffering as I do. Still, I am not ashamed, for I know, perceive, have knowledge of, and am acquainted with him whom I have believed, adhered to, and trusted in, and relied on. And I am positively persuaded that he is able to guard and keep that which has been entrusted to me and which I have commanded, committed to him until that day. This is so powerful. This is Paul, who never knew Jesus in the flesh. He is one of them that Jesus talked about. One that would know him. One that he prayed over.
For that which cause, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast and follow the pattern of wholesome and sound teaching which you have heard from me in all the faith and love which are for us in Christ Jesus. Guard and keep with the greatest care the precious, this 14, and excellently adapted truth which has been entrusted to you by the help of the Holy Spirit who makes his home in us. Look at this. Hold fast the pattern of wholesome and sound teaching. Church, there are so many people in this hour that are getting off from sound teaching. And yet here is God saying, here's, here's Paul saying, Hold fast to sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Spirit would dwell in us. Hallelujah. Hold fast and follow the pattern of wholesome and sound teaching which you have heard of me in all faith and love which are for us in Christ Jesus. He keeps the saints. Thank God. He watches over his kids. What was that? Number five. One, two, three. This is, this is number five. He watches over his children. In Psalms 115, 12. A good parent will raise their children in God, in Jesus Christ, and in the Word. They'll raise up their children so those children can go out in the world, the world and be strong. They do the things that the Word of God says. Raise up the child in the way they should go. Don't be afraid to use the rod because it will keep their soul out of hell. We see a whole, we see two generation, or a whole, at least one generation of children that have not been raised with a rod and their souls are in hell in this country today. They took prayer out of the school the commandments out of the school. You know, those that send your children to Christian school, it costs a lot of money. I know we did it. There were things we did without to send them to a Christian school. Train them up. And this is what Paul's saying. I trained you up. I taught you the word. Stick to the word, amen? So in Psalms 115, 12, if they fall away, no God knows how to bring them back. If you've done your part, 
then God will do his part. Don't speak crummy things over your kids. Refuse to. Speak what the word of God says about them. Speak what you taught them. Speak what you spoke over them. Psalms 115, verse 12. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us, and he will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. The Lord has been mindful of you and I. He will bless us. He will bless, 13, those who reverently and worshipfully fear the Lord, both small and great. Verse 14, may the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed of the Lord, verse 15, who made heaven and earth. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth has he given to the children of men. Glory to God. Verse 18, but we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Matthew 6, 22. He watches over you, church. So many times people feel alone. You're never alone if you have Jesus. I've heard people tell me. I've heard pastors' wives that call me and say, I feel so lonely. I feel so lonely. And I said, but you have Jesus. Matthew 6, 22. The eye of the lamp of the eye. Wait a minute. The eye is the lamp of the eye. So if your eye is sound, your entire body is sound. Did I miss it? Matthew 6, 22. Let's look at verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust do corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven which neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through, the, through, the, through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, Thy whole body shall be full of light. Hallelujah. So our, we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. We have to keep our eyes on the word. We, have, we can't be double-minded, church. We have to be single-minded. It's him and what he says is truth. And he promises to keep us. I, he says, I will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. How do you keep your mind on him? The word. The word. You know, I always ask you, what does the word say? I don't, I don't care what man says, but what does the word say? Luke 12, 7. Luke 
I love this. <laughs> I love this portion of scripture. Let's look at um, verse 4. I tell you, my friends, do not dread and be afraid of those who can kill the body and after they have, noth and after they have nothing more they can do. But I will warn you whom you should fear. Fear him who after killing has power to hur hurl into hell. Gehana, yes, I say to you, fear him, fear God. Amen. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies and yet not one of them is forgotten? uncared for in the presence of God but even the very hairs on your head are numbered do not be struck with fear or seized with alarm you are of greater worth than many flocks of sparrows amen and I tell you whoever declares openly speaking out freely and confesses that he is my worshiper and acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will also, will also declare and confess and acknowledge him before the angels of God. But he who disowns and denies and rejects and refuses knowledge to acknowledge me before men will be dis disowned and denied and rejected and refused, acknowledged in the presence of the angels of God. That's heavy. It's very heavy. But he says in verse 7, But even the very hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more valuable than all the sparrows. More valuable. You're valuable to God. Luke 12, um, no, 1 Peter 5, 7. You're not, you're not junk. You're valuable. You've been brought, bought with a price. And it was a very costly price. There, verse 6, Therefore humble yourselves, demote, lower yourselves in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God, that in due time he may, may exalt you. Casting the whole of your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Watchfully. He watches over us. Constantly. Some of us, that were on the, when we're on the road, put our angels... They're con constantly watching over us. God's constant to go, th go, go there, deal with that fast. I mean, number six, he supports us constantly. You know, some people are raised in homes that they were never told how wonderful and what a blessing they are. You know, some children, especially today, are told that you weren't wanted. There's nothing worse than, than for me to get someone in my counseling office to hear that all their life they were told you weren't wanted or felt, felt they weren't wanted. Or that they're nothing but a failure. 
But this is what God says in Exodus 19.4. You know, a child is just a product of their environment. Seriously. You see a bad kid, then... Somebody's harming him, and who has them most of the time? Nineteen four. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bo I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice and truth and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own peculiar possession, a treasure from among and above all people, from all the earth, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, consecrated, set apart to, worship, to, to the worship of God. These are the words you speak who speak, you shall speak to the Israelites. Do you know what he speaks over us? Wow. We're his kids. We have been bought with a price. Deuteronomy um, 33, 27. He supports us continually. say, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know how far out I've gotten. I don't care. Jesus knows and he loves you. Uh-oh. There it is. The, the eternal God is your refuge and dwelling place. And underneath are the everlasting arms. He drove the enemy before you and thrust them out, saying, destroy. The eternal God is your refuge and dwelling place. And underneath are the everlasting arms. Can you imagine God is your refuge and your dwelling place and underneath your everlasting arms? Think of it. How many have ever had it? I, we all have. I don't think I'm, I'm a weirdo and have this, but have you ever been asleep and all of a sudden you feel like you're falling? Has everybody done that? I know when Pastor does it because the whole bed jerks. <laughs> and he probably knows when I do it. You know, you, you're just, you know, you're sound, and all of a sudden there's this falling. Well, God's there to catch you. You haven't fallen in some pit. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a weird feeling. That's not one of my favorite things to do, I'll tell you. Um, 
we are in Psalms 1835. That's a weird sensation. I mean, I've talked to Mike before and he's fallen step through roofs. And I'm sure that's a, uh, <laughs> and he's here. He's fine. He's gotten himself up and dusted himself off. You know, right? Am I correct over there? <laughs> Doing a roof. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. That's hard work, folks. I, mean, I, I know I didn't embarrass him, but, you know, there were arms there. 1835. <laughs> you have also given me the shield of your salvation, and your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness and condescension and condescension have made me great. You have given plenty of room for my steps under me that my feet would not slip. Hallelujah. He holds us up. If you fall, he gets you back up. Isaiah 41.10 But you, O Lord, be merciful and gracious to me to raise me up that I may requite them. Hallelujah. But I know that you favor and delighten me because my enemy does not triumph over me. Glory to God. And as for me, you have upheld me in my integrity and set me in your presence forever. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for everlasting to everlasting from this age to the next and forever. Amen. So be it. Amen. Hallelujah. Forever. That was Psalms 41.10. And I went on down to 13. Isaiah 41.10. No, that was Psalms. Did I do? Oh, well, that was a good one. Isaiah 41.10. Go there. Might as well do Psalms 8. Did I do Psalms 18.35? Mm -hmm. Okay. Go to, that was a good one. Let's go to Isaiah now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Everybody gets one or two in a sermon. Especially when you're looking at scribble up here. My typist has been busy moving his office. Isaiah 41.10. Let's see what 41. Fear not. There is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed. That's a good one right there. Don't look around you. Look straight on. Just keep on, keep on looking straight on. Don't look around. Just look straight on. For I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand 
of rightness and justice. Glory to God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Have you been strengthened and hardened to difficulties? Isaiah 46, 4. He supports us continually. You ever had someone say he has something hideous about you? Go to God and ask him what he thinks about you. You know, whenever somebody tells me something, you know, and I'll go and ask God, is that true? Sometimes he said, yeah, you need to change this thing. You know, we always need to go and check things out with God and, and be open to hear the truth. But then he'll tell you, just, just change this and whatever. Go ask the person to forgive you and move on. Amen? Some of you are looking at me like, honestly, yeah, that's true. Isaiah 46, 4. And even to your old age, I am he, and even to whoreheads will I carry you. I have made and I will bear, even I will carry and I will deliver you. Even to your old age, I am he, and even to hair white with age, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear you. Yes, I will carry and I will save you. Hallelujah. Now, I used to think, you know, when I was young that 50 was really old. And then 60 was really old. And 70 was way out there. You know, 70 is pretty young. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number seven, I believe it is. Preserving the faithful. He preserves us. Then it's your turn next week. Deuteronomy 6.24. He's going to preserve you. You know, we do not... You know, I think about Sarah. I'm going to talk to the ladies now. Because men, as they get older, they, they age well. And, um, you know, God promises, and I stand on these things concerning our skin, and, and he promises to preserve us, and we need to stand on the word on that. Amen, ladies? 6.24. And the Lord... And the Lord commanded us to do all these statues to reverently fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalms 31.23 Don't go around saying, I'm getting old. The more you say, I'm getting old, the older you're going to feel. When your body tries to tell you that it's getting old, tell it, you know what? Get back to the Word. And these confessions that Pastor and I do every day, there's one right in between two sets that I do that talks about having a baby. 
being able to get, become pregnant. Why they stuck that there, I don't know. But there's been times when I've started to read it, and I'm, no, 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 forget it. <laughs> Back it off here. <laughs> it's pretty, I don't know why they put that one between sleeping and, and something else. I, I, I don't get it, but it's right there, and I'm like, wait, wait, stop. That's not the one. I have no desire to have a baby at 70. Some women might, but that is not my desire, church. I have, I have read into it. You know, sometimes you just start reading something, you know, and, and then you go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Back it up. 3123. <laughs> I think pastor would completely run away. Oh, love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful and plentiful, pays back him who, who deals haughtily. So the Lord loves, oh, oh, love the Lord, all you saints. The Lord preserves the faithful. Thank God. Thirty-seven twenty-eight. It's okay to talk to your face, your skin. Remember Brother Hagen one time did this sermon and he said, I don't care what a woman does, you can always tell if she's older by her hands. <laughs> Brother Hagen was funny, I will tell you. I mean, when, you know, at Raymond, he was hilarious. You know, he told us things that he, they, I never heard him preach, but he said they can get as many plastic surgeries and whatever as they want, but look at their hands. Well, God, you preserve me. All right, um, 3728. <laughs> the Lord delights in justice and forsake not, forsaking not his saints, and they... They are preserved forever. For the Lord delights in justice and forsaking not his saints. He delights in justice and forsaking not his saints. He delights in that. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 2.8. What promises to stand on, church? I hope you read them again. I'm going to start with verse 1 of, of uh, Proverbs 2. My son, if you will receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to skillful and godly wisdom and inclining and directing your heart and mind to understanding, applying all your powers to the quest for it. That's what he's saying. He's saying, make your ear attentive and skillful and godly mind to understanding, applying all your powers to the quest for it. That's applying all everything you have. If you will seek wisdom, wait, 
I gotta go up one. Three. Yes, if you cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. Verse four, if you seek wisdom as for silver and search for skillful and godly wisdom as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of our omniscient. For the Lord gives skillful and godly wisdom from his mouth come a knowledge and understanding. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He hides away sound and godly wisdom and stores it for the righteous, those who are upright and in right standing with him. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly and in integrity. They, this, that they may guard the paths of justice. Yes, he preserves the way of his saints. Think of this. I mean, there are some requirements here, but God's requirements are always so easy. They're so easy. I mean, sometimes we have to slap our rebellious self a little. Um, 2 Timothy 4.18 do you have anything you want to add to this, darling? And indeed, the Lord will certainly deliver and draw me to himself from every assault of evil. He will preserve and bring me safe unto his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. This is Paul talking. You know, he's... I want to go up to verse... Um, 16. At my first trial, that no one acted in my defense as my advocate or took my part or even stood with me, but all forsook me, may I not be charged against them. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the gospel message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was delivered out of the jaws of the lions. And indeed, the Lord will certainly deliver and draw me to himself from every assault of evil. He will preserve and bring me safe unto his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul went through everything. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was bitten by a snake, a poisonous snake. All he did was look at it and shook it off in the fire. Remember what happened when he did that? Most people would be bitten by a poisonous shake and come all unglued. They said, you're a god. He said, no, I'm not a god. I worship the god. I mean, he just took it and shook it. He was shipwrecked. I mean, things happened to him, but God delivered him out of them all. He was thrown into jail, Paul and Silas. They could have sat there and said, oh, brother, you know, Silas could have gotten really upset. Now look what you got us into. You and your big mouth. But no, 
they started praising God. Do you know praise and worship? That's the one thing the devil does not want his children to do because if they start praising God, God will send ambushments against their enemies. And that's the one thing the devil does not want you to do as a Christian. Just, you know, well, I don't like the music, or I don't like this, or I don't... Just shut up and do it. You know what, what, what good is going to happen if you do. You know, there's a lot of things I don't like that I do because God says they're good for you. There's a lot of things we don't like to eat, but we eat them because they're good for you. I mean, that's what my mother used to tell me. You're going to sit there and you're going to sit there all night and eat it whether you like it or not. Trust me, there were many nights I sat at the table alone for many hours with asparagus sitting in front of me. And finally, one day Pastor and I went and it was at where the hitching post and I ate it and I liked it. It took years, but it finally happened. But you know, God says do this and if we do it, he says I'll do this. And he promises, he promises to hold us up. If we fall, he said, my arms will be there to hold you up. I'll uphold you with my right hand. I hope this has blessed you as much as it has me. It made me really realize how, you know, I've always known but how strong God is on our behalf. So I'm going to pray.